I need you here. Hey, what's up, Harold? Oh, uh, where have where you been? I was just picking up my new harp. Isn't that cool? I mean, who wants to carry around a big harp like you've got to? Let me see that. No, 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 no. That's not a harp. I'm sure it is. Oh. And it sounds way cooler. Oh, bad. See? Isn't that, isn't that a lot cooler? Well, it's, yeah, it's okay. Uh, so, so, but tell me, why do you think you needed a harp to begin with? Well, if I'm going to earn my angel wings, I figure mm. i got to be more like you. So what's that have to do with you and a mouth harp? Well, I've heard that song over and over and over. Harp and Herald Angel sings. <laughs> so I figured i got to learn how to play a harp and sing. Oh, Alvin, good grief. That's... That's not the words to the song in, uh, at all. And anyway, it's not why I called you here. Listen, we got a directive from the big guy. You mean Ralphie? No, 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 no. I don't mean Ralphie. You know, the boss, the maker of all things, the alpha, the omega, God. Okay. What's he got for us? Well, St. Nicholas sent in a prayer request for a uh, one Elmer T. Elf to find peace and happiness and to understand the true meaning of Christmas. Who is St. Nicholas, and what's a T-Elf? Is it kind of like a T-Rex? He's got short little arms. Oh, my. Really, Alvin? No. St. Nicholas, Cinderclaus, Kris Kringle, Santa Claus. Ho, ho, ho. The guy that accelerated the giving of gifts to children at Christmas time. And it's not what is a T-Elf. It's who is Elmer T-Elf. He is one of Santa's helpers. Anyway, we need to find a way to make this happen. Christmas is almost here, so we're going to have to make it up to the North Pole. We've got to get there soon, but we've got to get this done before Christmas is over. All right. What on earth? Or should I say, who on earth are you two? I'm Alvin. This old guy here, he's Harold. He's so old, they even put in his name. Harold. We're angels. At least Harold's an angel. I'm still in training. Uh, after that old guy wisecrack, I'm not so sure you're going to stay in training. Well, I, I think I've heard of Harold. Isn't he the angel we hear about all this time? Harold, the angel sings. So I think I'm pretty sure I know about you, but Alvin? What kind of name is Alvin? That sounds like, what, a, a chipmunk or a squirrel or something? We are here because, why are we here again? I forget. Oh. Well, we're here because someone cares about you, Elmer, and they've got concerns for your well-being. It's Inga, isn't it? Mm. She keeps telling me I'm pranking people too much, and I'm just a mess up. Well, she needs to mind her own business. Mm. Well, you know, we can't really say who it is, but I can tell you this, it's not Inga. And the request is to help you find some peace and some happiness and to discover the true meaning of Christmas. I'm an elf at the North Pole right before Christmas. I know what Christmas is. Well, Elmer, we're talking here about the true meaning of Christmas, not the stuff, okay? Not the schedules, not the conflict, not the grief. Those kind of things can find their way into your life in this time of year, and it steals away the true meaning. It's the true reason for the season. Well, I don't have time for this, and I know I don't have time for you two, so why don't you just go? Harold, what are we going to do now? 
um, watch the master. So uh, that's why I've got the wings and you're still working on Jura. So, you know, listen up and watch a little bit. Well, okay, Elmer, uh, we'll grant your request. We'll go away and far away. But guess what? You are coming with us. What? We can't do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we can do that. Well, at least I can do that, Alvin. That's pretty cool. You know, maybe I should kind of pay attention a little more so I can earn my wings. Too. Maybe so. Please rise. on your door Will you turn him down or let him in For the day when Jesus comes again
You may be seated. You know, we wait all year long to be able to say two very important words that summarize something that has changed the course of human history, and it's not happy holidays. It's very specifically, on a count of three, would you join me in saying those two words that um, really summarize, again, God's love for us. One, two, three. Merry Christmas. Yeah, it's, it's this moment where we remember that about 2,000 years ago, God sent his son to this earth for you and me. So we can have peace and joy on this earth, but ultimately in heaven. So welcome as we celebrate the birth of Christ. And I know we have guests here today. We're glad you're with us uh, in worship. In fact, we invite you to come back. And if you don't have a church home, we would love to be that church home. So we can grow together, serve together, and just rejoice in the gift that God has given us. So if you're here today as a guest, if you would text 1C guest to 94,000, that'll let us know you're here. And then again, if you have any questions, we could start answering those questions for you. Also, a little bit later in the service, we're going to have something called Holy Communion, the Lord's Supper. And uh, let me just tell you what we believe as a church. We believe that, again, 2,000 years ago, Jesus was in the upper room celebrating the Passover meal. And yet, he gave a whole new meaning and significance in that meal. He said, it is his body and blood for the forgiveness of sins. So here at 1C, we believe it's bread and wine or juice, but also the body and blood of Jesus to forgive our sins, to strengthen our faith, and remind us once again that God is always with us. So if this is your belief, we invite you, in fact, we encourage you to celebrate with us. And on the way in, hopefully, you were able to pick up the elements, the bread and wine or juice, in the family gathering area, by the kitchen window. If you didn't get to pick it up, during the next song would be a great time for you to make your way just there and, and get that so you could be ready for the, uh, the gift a little bit later. Also, <clears throat> I feel like I'm a magician pulling things out of my, my coat pocket. Another thing that we asked you to pick up on the way in was a bookmark. This bookmark is just a reminder of a new series that we're going to have, and it starts January 3rd, and it's entitled 40 Days of Prayer. I believe that one of the most underutilized gifts that God has given to his people is the gift of prayer. And so we're going to talk about that for six weeks uh, and a seventh week of celebration. But we're going to talk about it in light of this. Every person that walks on the face of the earth needs some kind of breakthrough. And I don't know what yours is. But as we've gone through COVID-19 and as 2020 has been upside down, I just know lots of people are dealing with health issues, uh, financial issues, relationship issues, I mean, just different things. So we're going we're gonna to focus in on this gift, and we're going to go to the Almighty God, and we're going to ask Him for those breakthroughs in our life. So I want you to be a part of that. love for you to, to learn with us as we look into God's Word. Again, may God be blessed and, and glorified in all that we do today and throughout our life.
Merry Christmas, boys and girls. 
I hope you got one of these bags when you came in, but don't open it yet. I've got to warn you. This might not be what you expect from a Christmas goodie bag. But isn't how this year has gone? It's not been what we expected, has it? No, maybe you couldn't invite friends over for a birthday party. Maybe a trip or vacation you had planned got postponed. Maybe you had some sporting events or activities that got canceled. And I'm guessing that your Christmas plans might even look a little different this year. Yeah, it's not been what we expected. And you know what? The, think about the first Christmas. It's not what I would have expected either. But I think we can learn something from all this. Maybe the most important things are the simple things. And thinking about that first Christmas, we have Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Emmanuel, which means God with us, coming into this world. And he born as a tiny baby in a little town of Bethlehem. That doesn't seem very big or exciting, does it? You know what? You can go ahead and open your bags now, and let's look and see what's in here. There's some animal fur. Because you know what? When Mary and Joseph went to Bethlehem, there was no room for them in the inn. There was no guest room, no place for them to stay. So they had to stay in a stable with animals. And you know what? There's also a piece of wood in here. Because when Jesus was born, they didn't have a bed for him. So they had to lay him in a manger. And there's some bran flakes in here. Because that manger that they laid Jesus in is where they fed the animals. You can eat the bran flakes if you want to. They're actually pretty good. I like them. Go ahead and eat those. Oh, they're not bad. Actually, they're a lot better if you put them in a bowl with milk, add some sugar and some raisins. That makes them a lot better. But then if you look in your bag, there's a bunch of straw in there, isn't there? Yeah, there's straw because animals like to bed down on straw and sleep. And that's where Mary and Joseph and Jesus were staying with the animals. Well, this Christmas bag doesn't seem very exciting or special, does it? And at first... Jesus' birth doesn't seem very exciting or special. But you know what? It's not the stuff that makes Christmas special. It's not the presents. It's not the decorations. It's not the toys, the candy, the parties. It's Jesus that makes Christmas so special. Because Jesus would leave heaven and come to earth to rescue us from our sin. And you know what? Be careful and don't pull all the straw out of your bag. But if you look... Underneath the straw, there is a baggie of candy. And so I wanna, uh, want you to enjoy this candy, boys and girls. Enjoy the hugs, the kisses, and the candy cane as a reminder that Jesus' love for you is the greatest gift that we receive at Christmas. And Jesus loves you so much that he left heaven. He came to earth not just to be a baby, but to grow up into a man who would lay down his life for you. Jesus went to the cross and died for us, but then three days later rose from the grave and is alive so that we can have life with him now and forever. Amen. Well, Merry Christmas, boys and girls. Enjoy your candy and have a Merry Christmas. waits for a miracle 
heart longs for a little bit of hope. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. Child prays for peace on earth, and she's calling now from a sea of hurt. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. I love that song. 
especially in light of uh, the, the fact that we're in the darkest part of the year, right? December. And um, I think about that darkness in, in, in light of the fact that when I was in Tucson for nine years, they had sunshine for 352 days out of the year. Wow. And when a cloud would come, I literally would go out and look at it like it was something strange. But I think here in Nebraska or when I lived in Wisconsin, December and darkness kind of go hand in hand. In fact, right, December 21st, darkest day of the year. And there is a light. Now we could think about the physical part of that. You know, there's darkness and a light comes in and it changes things. But let's talk spiritually. There is darkness in you and me because of sin. Back with Adam and Eve and ever since then, uh, humanity has struggled with the darkness of sin and has stumbled around kind of falling all over ourselves and this sin. And it's gotten pretty messy. And what Christmas is, that's the beauty of the Christmas lights on a tree, is a reminder that God decided to bring light into darkness so that light would exist and darkness would go away. And that's what happens in our life and with sin. Christ comes. And he takes our darkness, our sin, and deals with it. So I want to take a moment. Let's, let's pray about this. Uh, let's consider those two truths of darkness and God's light and give him thanks for all that he's done. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you created the heavens and the earth. You formed and fashioned all that we have, and you formed and fashioned Adam and Eve. And as sin came into the world, you could have very easily backed away and said, you know what, I told you so. But that's not what you did. And, and today, on Christmas Eve, we especially are reminded of your promise and your faithfulness to your promise. You decided right after Adam and Eve sinned that you would do something in order to deal with this darkness. And so as we remember Bethlehem, as we remember the birth of your son, we also give thanks and remember his life, his perfect life. We remember how he came into Jerusalem and he knew what was ahead of him. And out of love for us, he endured a betrayal, an arrest, beatings, being placed on a cross, and then upon his death, placed into a tomb. All of that to make a payment for our sin in this darkness. We also want to say thank you for his resurrection on that third day. And we are amazed at what that means for us. It means that what you said you did, you, send, you said you would send your son and he would deal with this sin and give us forgiveness and life. So we thank you for that. And we pray now, Lord, that as you stir within us, that we would understand more fully what this light means as we embrace your love. We ask now also that you would send your Holy Spirit into our hearts and lives and minds. And as we prepare for Holy Communion, your Spirit would give us the faith to receive all those blessings he wants to give us. The presence of your Son, the real presence, the forgiveness of sin, and the reminder that you are here right now. And you'll always be with us. Thank you, Lord, for your gift of grace. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen. If you would, take out the elements right now uh, for, for Holy Communion. And what I'm going to do first is I'm going to share with you from the Bible, the scripture that we have, what's called the words of institution. So when Jesus was in that upper room, uh, they were celebrating the Passover meal, but Jesus gave this meal a whole new significance. And these are the words that Jesus shared. On the night when Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and after he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, which is given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. So if you would, take and open the bread part. And if you would, take that out. And take and eat, this is the body of Christ given for you. And if you would now, take the wine or the juice and take and drink, this is the blood of Jesus shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. We pray. Heavenly Father, you give blessings. In fact, uh, your word, the scriptures say that you give us blessing on top of blessing. And thank you for all those blessings. Thank you for the ways in which you meet our needs. Uh, a roof over our head, food on the table. Um, in fact, the very breath we just took is a blessing and a gift from you. But we also thank you for this meal that you gave given out of love and received in faith. Uh, Lord, thank you for being present and being with us and for forgiveness and for faith. And we thank you for the way in which you work within all of us. Thank you for being here in our worship today as we celebrate your birth. But thank you for being with us wherever we go. Your goodness and grace and your mercy endures forever. So Jesus, we thank you and we pray all of these things in your name as we now pray together the prayer you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. As we begin and as we continue this Christmas Eve celebration, we're going to now look into the word of God. And for those of you that have been around throughout the month of December, we have taken this journey and we've been taking a look at some different things that want to steal from us the real meaning of Christmas. So as I was thinking about the theme and thinking about Elmer T. Elf and his exploits, I was thinking, what is it that, that I want you and me 
to see and to understand as the theme for Christmas, not just in 2020, but all the time. And if I could have the, the theme up there, this is the theme that, that I came across, embracing the Savior, holding on to him. And like Elmer, he was holding on to a whole bunch of different things, right? And um, we, we pray that he'll learn, and uh, hopefully we're going to get a little bit of a visit from him soon, uh, that there's more in life than the things that he was focused on. So I want to take you on a little journey. I'm going to show you a series of pictures, and they all have a common theme. And when I'm done, uh, I'm going to tell you what that theme is. And I'm thinking you're going to be able to identify with at least some, if not all, of these images that will be put before you. All right, the first series of pictures. There we have three pictures. Um, the one on the top left, I'll just say, is a little foreign to me now. Because being an empty nester, our kids are grown up and out. Um, but, you know, just think of all the things that take place. You've got um, a youngster in your household. There's a lot of stuff that goes on. And then you could look, take a look at some of the other pictures. Or how about this series of, of pictures? Maybe you could relate to what's going on. I'm not sure exactly, but for me, that top right one could be they're trying to work out the bills. And it's just a little overwhelming. Next set of pictures. Different things going on in life. Next set of pictures. Perhaps the top right picture, I'll just say, um, summarizes where I'm going with this. You could see um, there's these two hands and all these bags and everything that they're dealing with. Well, here is what I think our problem is that I'm going to address today. And this is this. People like you and me have our hands full. As I think of 2020, as I think about this journey called COVID, I think you've heard about that at least once or twice over the year, COVID has captured so many people in so many circumstances. When I think about our educator, educators, our teachers, I think about parents and the kids, how we had to adapt and change and pivot on a fly so that education can keep going, uh, I just don't know how they did it all. I'm, I am amazed and thankful for our teachers and parents and kids. Or we could think about the medical providers, people in the front lines, people who are dealing with and have dealt with people in an ICU unit. We'll just, we'll go right there. Where people are hanging on for their breath, not sure if they're going to have another breath. And all that they've gone through in the last 10 months, really it's unprecedented times. I know that word has been overused, but I truly believe that's it. And then you think about all the dynamics that have happened because of COVID-19. I, I have talked with people in my office that are struggling with finances because there's more money going out than coming in and they don't know about their job and they, I mean, so many issues. I know people who are dealing with relationship stresses and strains and families that have been fractured because of the pressure under COVID-19. I think about illness. I know people that have died from COVID. So you look at the grief and the sorrow for people, but I also know people like myself that went through COVID and it's life-changing. So all of these things going on, 
all of these things, our hands seem full. And, and maybe we can manage some of it, but I, I'm finding that what's happened a long time ago is what we struggle with today. Uh, in fact, if I could have the next slide up there. Um, here we have what I call this rhythm of life that we have been dealing with since the beginning. There was creation, which God made the heavens and the earth. You know, he spoke into being the world. Then he made Adam and Eve in his image. He placed them into the garden. They were to enjoy everything, and everything was going great until they fell into sin. And they disobeyed. They did what they wanted to do versus what God had asked them. And at that point, if you recall what you find in the book of Genesis, is after they sinned, they tried to take matters into their own hands. So they go hide from God, right? And I don't know what they were thinking trying to hide from God. He made everything, so he knows everything. But yet when God comes to them, he is now going to address the circumstance. And so he, he addressed it, right? He said, Eve, when you give birth, it's not going to be easy. Um, Adam, when you work, there's going to be thorns and thistles and sweat. It's not going to be easy. Life is dramatically going to be diff different. But God also knew that Adam and Eve and anyone that followed them would not be able to handle this by themselves. So God now turns to the serpent, the one who tempted Adam and Eve. And he is going to speak some powerful words. And I'll just tell you, um, growing up as a, as a kid, I remember Genesis 3.15. I remember standing up there and it was a re recitation, right? The whole class had to say it together. And, but I had no clue what it meant. So let me put that up there for you from Genesis 3.15. And this is God speaking to the serpent and it is his promise for you and for me that he, God's got this. He's got this. He says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between you and your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Now, if you take a look up there, that we have underlined the pronouns. And again, this is God speaking. So he is really telling the serpent, and I'm sure that Adam and Eve were within earshot, he was saying, I've got this handled. I'm going to do something about this circumstance because Adam and Eve, no matter how hard they try, they're never going to be able to do it. Now, God's word supports this all over the place. Uh, we have Paul in Galatians chapter 2 addressing this. And just a reminder about who Paul was. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was one that was trained by Rabbi Gamaliel. He was somebody who knew a lot. And he'd be proud of how, how he lived his life. But he came to an understanding. And he's telling the church in Galatia these words. We know very well that we are not set right with God by rule keeping, but only through personal faith in Jesus Christ. How do we know? We tried it. And we had the best system of rules the world has ever seen. And yet, it was not enough. And that's why we look back to Genesis 3.15. When God says, I'm going to do something about this. Because I know you can't. 
And as we go through the story of Christmas, we see God's way of communicating in a powerful way about how he takes his, his, his people, his creation, human beings like you and me, so serious and so loving. We go to that scene where we have the shepherds out in the field at night, right? They're tending their flock. And an angel shows up, a host of angels. And it's, it's a moment where the announcement of the birth of Christ today, today, in the town of Bethlehem, a Savior is going to be born for you. Now, who was this you that was being announced to? Shepherds, stinky, insignificant, outcasts. They were nobodies in the society at that time. And yet, who did God choose to announce the birth to first? The shepherds. And so we, we have that image in our mind, right, of the shepherds making their way and they're singing to Jesus. And I mean, the joy and, and their lives were changed and that's how God worked. And then we move forward and we, we see the shepherds, but a couple years later we find that the wise men are led by some star and they make their way to where the Christ child is. And here are these learned, most likely wealthy, have some kind of means, um, wise men. And we find that they come and they kneel and they're humbled. So we have the gambit. We have God announcing to the shepherds, the outcasts, and then he's announcing to these wealthy wise men, just a, a reminder for people like you and me, God knew that we couldn't do it. So he came to announce for the shepherds and the wise men, for the haves and the have-nots, that God's got this. And he came to change a life. And to change this world. Now, this is what we've been looking at and we're hoping for for Elmer T. Elf. And uh, we're going we're gonna to update you where things are at. And we're going to see what happens in the life of Elmer. Where are we? Yeah, where are we? Where are we? We're in the stable where the baby Jesus was just born. He's right down there. Joseph, we need to find some place to lay him down. I can't believe we don't even have a place for him to lay his head. Mary, look, I found a feed truck. Do you think this will work? I, I, I guess it could work. I know that parents always say their child is perfect, but somehow, I just sense this time that he is truly perfect. Okay, so what does a poor family, a baby, and a barn have to do with anything, especially Christmas? How does this have to do with my happiness and my sense of peace? Oh, Elmer, that's not just any baby, that's the Son of God. That's the Messiah, Emmanuel, the Christ. Yeah, that's why they call it Christmas. I mean, Christmas. Okay, so I understand why they call it Christmas. But what does that have to do with me and my struggles? 
Oh, Elmer, this has everything to do with you and your struggles. That little baby, he, he came into the world to deal with things like this. He's the only true hope the world's ever going to know. He came into the world in that lowly little manger on a still night. He came on his own schedule. He's going to bring the only lasting resolution to grief and to conflict that the world's ever going to know. You see, he came for all mankind. But here's the thing. He came also specifically for you, Elmer. there were many moments through the month of December where, I mean, it looked like Elmer was not going to understand. He wasn't going to get it. And um, through the, the message of the angels, through God reaching out, um, Elmer's getting it. And he is embracing the, the Savior. He is holding on for dear life because holding on 
to this dear life makes a difference. So welcome. I'm glad that you finally got it and that your life is going to be blessed for eternity because of this baby who was born for me and for you. Welcome. So the question now is what about you? Have you embraced the Savior? You know, I remember when I was younger, okay, throughout high school, I knew Jesus. I knew how to spell it. But it never landed here. It was kind of an idea, a a concept. And I knew the historical moments of the birth and the death and the resurrection. And that was great. But I didn't embrace the Savior. Never forget April 1979 when the message was brought to me and I heard it and my world was turned upside down because I was very much like Elmer, clueless. Did you see what happened in Elmer's life? Kind of subtle. He walked in with those animal crackers that were kind of something he was leaning on and kind of left him here. Reminds me of uh, the the Peanuts Christmas special. Remember that moment when Linus is is there on the stage? He's got his little little, uh, blankie with him. And as he's telling the story and he's talking about the peace that comes, you know, peace on earth, goodwill toward men, he drops his blanket and he leaves it there. You see, that's what happens when we embrace the Savior. We find a peace that the world can't give. A peace that will, you know, our world may not change. We may be dealing with COVID for a while. You may be dealing with uh, some stresses and issues. But God enters into our life and he brings peace on earth, goodwill toward men. If I can add that scripture from from John, John chapter 1. We're told that the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. I love another translation says this, the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. That's what God did. He came down here, he took it into his own hands to bring to you and me a savior who will save us and love us and bless us. So I don't know if this is something that is foreign to you, this concept to you, but I do believe there's this moment of trust and surrender. A moment of saying, God, I can't do this. And as we sang in the song, song, Lord, I need you more than anything else. If you know this, wonderful. If you don't know this, we're going to be singing Silent Night. And that moment was just not an accidental moment. That silent night was created for you 2,000 years ago so that we can have peace. And I'm going to ask that during that song and as we, quote, light the candles, that beautiful tradition, that you would realize that the light of the world, Jesus Christ, came for you specifically because he loves And that through that song, and if afterward you want to come up and and talk with me, pray with me, if you want to call me at the church office, if that's better for you, 
I would love to talk to you about what a life is like when you embrace a Savior. It's not perfect, it's not easy, but it's peace. Peace that comes from Christ. So, if you would picture this, when we light the candle. Now, when I was a kid, I thought it was the coolest thing ever. I didn't go to church much. I would just go on Christmas and Easter, kind of, maybe, if it fit into our schedule. But I thought when we lit those candles, it was so cool to watch the light kind of trickle and go like that. And all I saw was a physical thing. But really, that is to remind us of a spiritual moment where the light of Christ comes to me and it changes my life. My life takes me out of darkness into his marvelous light. So be thinking that way. Uh, think about what God has done for you and how much he loves you. And he's going to pursue you with an everlasting love. So we're going to uh, light the candles. We're going to sing Silent Night. And then at the end, I'll invite you to extinguish those candles. Uh, but let's get ready and light these candles and sing.
Oh, good and gracious God, we thank you for your love for us, love that you moved you to send your son to this earth. And we thank you again that all that he did was done so that we would be with you forever. And so, Lord, teach us what it means to embrace the Savior. Teach, it what, teach us what it means to, to accept and to receive your love that will change our hearts and lives forever. We pray that, like these candles that shine brightly in the midst of darkness, we pray that your love would shine in us and through us. Thank you again for all that you have done. Thank you for your blessing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I invite you at this time to extinguish these candles, if you would, and then please stand for the blessing. Receive now the blessing that comes from God himself to you and to me. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace now and forever. Oh